For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. You know, we all we all know that men cheat. We've heard it dozens of times. Um but we normally don't ever get a chance to hear a man forgiving his wife for infidelity. Mm-hmm. So Keith, yes, I'm gonna jump right in. What okay. made you forgive her? Um, the main thing that made me forgive was really just like the, I always saw my parents go through different things growing up, but I also had the opportunity to see them work through it. And so seeing that, okay, yeah, it may not be the same as somebody just having an everyday argument or anything like that, but recognizing that this is the person that I said my vows to, that we made this covenant not only between ourselves, but with God, this is somebody that I already said I'll be willing to work through things for better or for worse. Yes. And this is just one of those things that falls into the worst category, but we, we made these vows. I want to try and work this out. We put porn to shame. (laughs) isn't just about where I give Talk birth to about babies. It. The room is about where we give birth to perfect. Talk! I was basically all of her nevers. I never imagined my journey would inspire people all over the world. You have set a standard in love. I was dating a young lady who helped me heal. Wow. This woman is a ride or die. The conversations have really helped me to change my perspective on relationships. I had 19 attorneys at one time that were speaking into my ear. 19, 19 attorneys. attorneys. My, my, my last relationship, you know, it did a number on me. What you did not know is I had a whole little situation lined up that evening. Your transparency is literally setting people free. And you're unique. You ain't like nobody else. I, I noticed that right away. You can make me cry. <laughs> Um, thank you. I received that. Let one of them Barbie doll bodies walk over here. He gonna say, dear future wifey. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They gonna go right in that box. I'm Lateris R. Whitfield, and welcome to the Dear Future Wifey Podcast. Welcome to the Dear Future Wifey Podcast. I'm your host, Lateris R. Whitfield. Listen, before we get started. Are you still shacking up with us? If you're still shacking up with us, come on, hit that subscription button and subscribe. Man, I want y'all to know that I read every comment. I read every DM. 
Um, and a lot of men have been reaching out to me and it's been amazing because y'all find a lot of value in this podcast. See, a lot of women don't believe that men are watching this podcast, but men, they watch stuff on the low, you know, they watch it on the low and they comment on the low. So, uh, Thank y'all. Thank y'all so much. This episode is going to be extremely powerful. I'm so honored to have these guests on the podcast. uh, And I'll let y'all know as we unpack their story, because it's definitely a blessing to have people that live a lit life. I know I coined that, which means living intentionally and transparently. And they are the epitome of that. So without further ado, welcome to the Dear Future Wifey podcast. My homies, Keith and Raven Hartwell. How y'all doing? Great. (laughs) All the way from ATL. Yeah. So how y'all feeling today? Feeling good, man. Had a good flight coming in, so I'm enjoying Dallas, how the scenery and everything like that. So yeah. Have y'all been to Dallas before? Yes. Yeah. Okay, good, good. So um why do you think I have y'all on the podcast? Uh the impact. Impact of the testimony. The impact of the testimony. Um we're gonna call this episode. She cheated, he forgave. I like it. I need to. So let me tell you why this is so important. I'm trying not to get emotional because I I tell people that I bring guests on my podcast because it has to relate to my past, my present, or my future. And so y'all are the epitome of something that I wanted to do when I was married. When I was married, I cheated on my wife, uh, cheated on her actually multiple times, but I've always wanted to come out and share that story while I was married. And so I talked to her, I said, man, listen, man, I don't want to be one of those dudes that stepped out and I can't help other men uh, understand how to rebuild trust and the damage uh, of broken trust. And I said, hey, you know, can I share this testimony on Facebook? And she was like, no, I don't want you ever sharing that because I don't want to have to answer questions uh, by my family or whatnot or answer questions why I stayed. And so I said, you know, I respected that decision, but I felt like I didn't I wasn't able to fulfill my purpose. I felt like the 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 cheating, the infidelity didn't have the 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 testimony in it by allowing other people to be set free. And so when I saw a video that you you posted, Raven, you posted a video that went viral. I saw it a few months ago. Uh and I said, that's amazing. It was a video you was dancing, I'm so glad <laughs> trouble don't last always. And I said, first of all, she don't know nothing about that song. That's before her time. But <laughs> but I said, uh I love the fact that your husband was present in that video he's present in those videos um standing like the king that he is appreciate that yes, a lot of people say that you know we all we all know that men cheat we've heard it dozens of times um but we normally don't ever get a chance to hear a man forgiving his wife for infidelity mm-hmm. so keith yes i'm gonna jump right in what okay. made you forgive her um the main thing that made me forgive was really just like the i always saw my parents go through different things growing up but i also had the opportunity to see them work through it and so seeing that okay yeah it may not be the same as somebody just having an everyday argument or anything like that but recognizing that this is the person that i said my vows to that we made this covenant not only between ourselves but with god this is somebody that I already said I'll be willing to work through things for better or for worse. Yes. And this is just one of those things that falls into the worst category. But we we made these vows. I want to try and work this out. 
And so I had to make that decision with God. And and then also, too, like it's a different person when and as you know, like when you had your your moments of stepping out, you're a different person than who you were when you first stood at the altar with that person. Facts. And every single time when I thought about even the, the thought of leaving, I would see us back at the altar. And I remember the person that I stood in front of and then looking at her during that time and during that moment, it was a different person. So I understood that, okay, God, whatever we're going through, this ain't the same person I married, but I know she's still in there. And I know that you're going to be the one that's going to be able to pull her out. Good. So I just had to put my faith into God. So Keith and Raven, people hear y'all testimony. They think that that thing happened six months ago or two months ago or a month ago. Let's put context around this. Because people be like, I can't believe it. they just they just seem like everything fine. Right. She just cheated on him yesterday, and they <laughs> and they laughing about it. Yeah. They ain't taking this thing seriously. They let's put context around it. Yeah. yeah. So let's let, let's put some context around it. Raven, how long ago was this? This was nine nine yeah. years ago now. Nine yeah, years ago. Nine years ago. We are twenty nine. We got married at twenty. So yeah. It's happened like short, like around the time when we were uh, turning twenty one. Shortly after we hit twenty one, mm-hmm. somewhere around that time frame. So, so yeah, it's been a while, mm-hmm. a long time. So people look at y'all relationship now and see it thriving, and they wonder how did y'all get here. We're gonna go take some steps back. Y'all okay. were twenty years old. Uh, you met her at what age? Uh, we met uh, originally the first time we met at I was seventeen. Mm-hmm. I think she had just hit seventeen as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so we were seventeen when we first first met. Well, you start smiling when you said that. So what happened? So, <laughs> so we're going we gonna to unpack this. So y'all were at, you said you were working at the mall? Yeah, so I was working at the mall. We both were born and raised in Las Vegas. So I was working at the mall at a finish line shoe store. Mm-hmm. And so her, her cousin, her best friend walked past the store. We kind of like shared eyes or whatever. And then uh, next thing I know, her cousin came running back in the store. <laughs> I was like, oh, my cousin want to talk to you. So she gave me her number. And so we started talking for a little bit. Um, around that time, I was getting ready to leave for school. And so... I'm not gonna lie, my 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 thought process was I'm a young guy that's about to go play college ball. I ain't like, got time to be locked up in a relationship. Right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I was like, you know, I'm gonna go out there, I'm gonna be single. And so <laughs> ended up going out to school, probably like a month into school, I got into another relationship. She saw it and heard about it. We had like a year and a half of just no contact at all. Yeah. Like she was she was kind of mad at me and so we kind of went our separate Also ways. what happened when you went to college you told her that you weren't trying to be in a relationship? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And then and how'd you feel hearing that, Raven? It was devastating because I knew I wanted to be with him. You knew that? Yeah. I knew that for, for sure. So that wasn't no puppy love type thing? No. I knew I wanted to be with Keith. How could you be so sure about that at what? 17, 18 years old? He treated me differently than any other guy that I had ever dated. Um, you know, he was just, he was kind to me. Ooh, I know I said I wasn't going to cry. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. He was so sweet to me, and he still is. He was. He took me out on dates, and he represented someone that I always like. I never had that with my dad. So, for him to display that 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 love that I was looking for really made me attached to him, um, and then. Too like my family, the very first time like he met my family, they loved him. So I knew that I wanted to be with him. Forever. Yes. So Raven, 
As you began to talk about old Keith over there, you got mm-hmm. teary-eyed. What put put words behind those tears? Why why talking about him and his kindness? Why is it bringing tears to your eyes? I love him. I because he's literally I, not to get biblical, but he really is the like a representation of Jesus. Like literally I had to it was through him that I was even able to like really see the love that God has for me being that I did something so foul, so wrong. You know, I think when you, when you get, when you get saved or when you say you believe in God or, you know, we're like, Oh, I love God. I don't think you really get it until it's something that you, when you do something wrong and then you see that, that, that love is, hasn't, hasn't changed they're still the same. Um, you know, it's, it's powerful. So I honor him. I respect him. I love him. That's where it comes from. <laughs> so do you feel that the feeling that you have from him now is a whole lot more powerful because of how he loves you through your worst days? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So let's go back because I want to. I want to. I want to. I want to unpack y'all relationship so we can get to you know what happened or whatnot and uh, how y'all overcame that because that's beautiful. Because here it is. He went off to college. He went off to college. He uh, said he didn't want a relationship. Mm -hmm. He he booed up now. You done found out about it. Got your little heart broke. Mm -hmm. You know. And how did y'all bounce back from that? So I was in a relationship. How you gonna be mad then if he in a relationship? Y'all both in a relationship. This was years later, right? (laughs) Yeah, so like um it was it was after I had already got into my relationship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um I think at that point when she saw that, she was kinda like she was like, Okay, well she thought I was moving on completely and like it was just never gonna be something that would come back again. And so at that point she had got into a relationship. Yeah, I was in a relationship so. with someone who was in the military. I was actually living in Washington. Um and it he actually had a wife and I didn't know. I had no idea. And um it's funny how this all plays out. It literally all plays out. And this is why I say, like, you reap what you sow. Even if you don't, you really don't know. Like, it could be an accident. You reap what you sow. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I was in a relationship. I had got out of that relationship by way of finding out that this guy was married. Um, moved back to Vegas. And around that time that I had got out of that relationship, he actually ended up getting out of his relationship. Yeah. Um, literally the exact same time. And all of a sudden he hit me up on Twitter. Yeah. And the only thing I wasn't blocked on. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she had you blocked brother. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, man, I can't find her on Facebook. I know she still got it. <laughs> and so I'm Came like, up invisible right. like a bug. Man, I'm <laughs> you, and that's one thing, like if, if I'm dedicated to finding something, you're going to find I'm, it yeah, out. I'm going to find it. So I was like, okay. You're going to pop up at her mama house, huh? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I reached out and um, I was still in school finishing up that semester. But uh, because of my previous relationship I was in, we were living together at that time. And so, my living situation that fell apart. I was like, okay, I'm gonna have to go back to Vegas uh, to finish up that following semester. And so I messaged her. Um, we ended up going on a date on Christmas of 2012 mm-hmm. and uh, hung out. And, you know, we were talking for that next like month or so. And then we officially got into our relationship um, January 25th. 
2013. So, Raven, were you waiting on him when you said uh, when he went off to school? Were you literally waiting on him since you believed that that was going to be your husband? I did not wait on him. No. Okay. No, I, I, I was so angry with him. I decided to move on myself. And then going through other relationships, it was really terrible. <laughs> Honestly, like, why did you have to leave? Because you don't put me out here yeah, with, these, no, with but, these savages out here. <laughs> Look what you did to me, Keith. <laughs> why did you? Yeah, but it's not his fault. I had deep, deep things going on inside of me. I needed to get through and going through different people. The love that I was looking for, it really, it was him the whole time. It was just him the whole time. It was him the whole time. Mm -hmm. How can you evolve to the state of mind you openly confess your faults? Healing. Imagine a life where you are unapologetically you. Freedom. What could you accomplish fully showing up in every area of your life? Anything. Your new life of endless possibilities awaits. Become an exclusive member of the Lit Society. We are all flawed humans. The difference between the Lit Society and others is we admit it and then do something about it to impact the world. We keep it lit. Live intentionally and transparently. This isn't just another program. It's reprogramming destructive mindsets to live intentionally and transparently. Become lit. Join the elite and become a member of the Lit Society today. Keith, when you first met her, of course, she had these strong feelings towards you. What were your feelings at that time? No, I definitely I felt like we had a really strong connection, a really strong relationship. And I felt like it was like, OK, this is like a real deal relationship. I feel like this is somebody I can last with. And then at the same time, like I say, it was like that. You feel like as a 17 year old on my yeah. mind is set. I can think for myself, but you got all the outside <laughs> influences. And then it's like. You know, you got family members and, and friends in high school like, oh, you about to go out to such and such and so-and-so. There's going to be girls there and stuff yeah. like that. So, like, in my mind, I start um, thinking, and then especially, like, young at 17, I was I was promiscuous. I ain't going to lie. Like, yeah. So, you know, I'm just thinking about that. I'm thinking about living life um, in that sense. And so the thought of a long-term relationship, in a sense, scared me off. And I'm like, you know, is this really something I want to do? Because at that young age, I mean, exactly. it's, it's, yeah, it makes sense. Who want to be locked down in, in, at 17 years old, 18 years old, quote unquote, living a married life. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. It's like, you want to go out and explore and then let me choose you because you were my best choice, not the only choice. Exactly. And, and then also I feel like it was, it was kind of like the timing that it was in my life. And so had, had, it, had we met each other, let's say like a year and a half prior, I think my whole thought process would have been different. And um, the reason why I say that is because around the age of 16 going into 17, 
that was when I actually had lost my virginity because prior to that, I felt like, okay, I'm going to save myself till marriage. And I had no problem with the thought process of an early marriage. Oh, but yeah. So, you know, open up Pandora's box. And exactly. you was like, I'm here now. I'm going to wild out. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And so, like, because of the timing of where we met, I had that type of mindset. And, you know, I think that that also played a major part in me making that decision that ultimately hurt her and held off something that we could have got started a long time ago. Oh, that's some good reference there, boy. That's yeah. good. That's good. <laughs> they say hindsight is twenty twenty for real, huh? Definitely, definitely. He said, shoot, if I done tasted that forbidden fruit, I was like, you know what? <laughs> you cute now, but uh, there's some more fruit out here I need to go taste. Right, yeah. yeah. It, it puts your mind in a different place, like. You, I, I started to, in a sense, kind of objectify. Yes. Most of the most of the women that I would see, and then see it as an opportunity more so than you know a true relationship to build. One hundred percent. We all all been been there, and a lot of us still there. Yeah. Um. So, you you stalked her a little bit, found on Twitter. Yeah. Slid <laughs> in her Twitter DMs, and uh, y'all started dating again. When he reached out to you, what did you think? On Twitter. Yeah. I didn't want him. At that time, you were shut down. I like, was done. I was so done. I was done with men. I was done, period. Like, because I had, I came out of a relationship uh, that I had found out I was actually a, mit- a mistress. So, yeah, I was like. Said, I ain't trusting none of them no more. I wanted nothing to do with it. But then I did pray about it. And God did tell me to give him a chance. So you was praying then. You had, you had, a, you had a prayer yeah. life back then. Mm-hmm. I was perfectly fine being like Paul. <laughs> and so I'm be by myself. Literally single at that point. You were yeah. fine with that. Yes. Yep. Until I gave him a chance. <laughs> so he's. So then, how did that happen? So did your number? You had him blocked. So he reached out to you. He was talking to you in the DMs. Mm-hmm. He said, "Hey, I like to call you," and you unblocked him or what? Um, on Twitter. Yeah. Twitter. He, that's, that's the only connection he had with you. Yeah. yeah. How'd y'all get on the phone? So. You texted me, right? Yeah, we, we, gave I me gave it. you my number. Yeah. We started communicating. Then we went on like a date mm-hmm. um, on, on Christmas. Yeah, and, you know it, yeah, was, it was. We I walked into the house, and that was my first time meeting a, a lot more of her extended family. Mm-hmm. So like, like my her, grandma was there. Exactly. And so yeah, like, no, nah, you didn't walk right on in there. Yeah, huh? yeah. yeah. I ain't, I ain't know it was like a big family <laughs> gathering. I pull up, I see cars. I'm like, hey, there's a lot of people here. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And so I walk in, and I see, I meet uh, grandma and everything like that, the aunts and everything that I never met prior to. So I'm like, okay. And her parents remember me. They welcomed me back in, open arms and stuff. And so we went on our date, and it was kind of just like, you got certain relationships that it just pick up like you never left yep. in a sense. Like, yeah, y'all talk about certain things that transpired in between and, you know, why did this have to happen? Yeah. At the same time, it was like, okay, we picked up right where we left off mm-hmm. in a sense. Mm-hmm. And so at that time, you were how old? You were 19? I was uh, 20. We just turned 20. Yeah. Yeah, I just turned 20 in uh, 2012. So y'all had a break for how many years? A year and a half? A year and a half. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a year and a half break. Y'all back. So y'all moved fast then. So after y'all reconnected, how long did it take y'all to get married? Uh, So Three months? Four months? No, it was about six. So we we started talking in December of uh, 2012. And then we we officially got into a relationship January 25th of Mm -hmm. 2012. uh, 2013, I'm sorry. Yeah. And then we got married June 22nd of 2013. Mm -hmm. I love it. Why did you, at what point did you feel like this is the one then? So when I got out of that last relationship, my first prayer that I said to God was, 
I'm tired of like being in pointless relationships. I want my next relationship to be my wife. And I want I wanted him to show me what it was that I needed in a wife. And so when I had got out of that relationship and we were just in the talking phase, like we weren't in an official relationship and we had an agreement that, okay, like if we're not official, then we can still talk to other, other people. people. In a sense. And um, even during that time of trying to talk to somebody else or, or like, or anything like that, I was just saying, okay, like she holds all the qualities that I always was told by my dad to look for in a, in a wife. Okay. From hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> what were those qualities? You said your dad told you. See, a lot of times we don't get those conversations from dad. Exactly. So yeah. your dad told you what to look for in a wife? Yeah, he always, my dad's biggest thing was always refer back to the Bible. But at the same time, he would also try and tell me from experience, find find a wife that's going to look out for me, not only in real life, but also in prayer. Find a wife that's going to look out for me and make sure that even when I'm not around, she protects my name. She protects me as a man and somebody that I can, that I can feel like I can definitely trust with Babe, I need you to pray for me on this. I need you to be in agreement for me, with me on this, and that she's going to be that. And so, like a lot of our dates that we that we first had dates, I'll say um, we were doing Bible study, just like over over at uh, my parents' house. Cause I was still living at home at that time. I w- I would either go over to her parents' house. Sometimes we'd just sit down and mm-hmm. and read the Bible. My dad was a deacon in our ch- in uh, the church that I went to. Her dad was a, a preacher. And so we both came so y'all from come from backgrounds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was like, okay, like now that I'm finding somebody that it's not like, okay, we just going out and then going back to their place for a nightcap. Yeah. Like, I'm actually finding what I need. And, you know, it was just like, okay, like this is a person that we actually had had agreed, like, let's be celibate and let's see what this relationship really is, you know, going to bring out of it. Versus- That's why I got married in six months, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Listen. <Hey. laughs> It, it it wasn't easy. I ain't gonna say. <laughs> I definitely be honest about that. But yeah, but that was just like you know we got a chance to see what the relationship truly was, what the fruit of it actually was. And what did you find, Raven? Um, I'm sorry. In that six in that six months, what you find? My husband, like, or when when y'all were talking in that thing, what was some aha moments that you had? His dad, you began to be the uh, the manifestation of what his father said told him to seek after what framework did you have to go after Did mom ever sit down and talk to you about that honestly no so uh, he, he like i said he really like he represented everything that i i always said i didn't want a man like my dad he was the opposite of that um and he he just displayed that he displayed that he he cared he loved he loved me and and he loved god um so that's what that's what it was for me i just felt something in the spirit it's going to release later uh cuz i i was I, I didn't got emotional i was thinking about keith but it's we are going to unpack this okay. so here it is so um yeah it's a, it's a <laughs> I'll say this. Mm-hmm. There's a strong mandate over your life to restore what it looks like to love a woman and to love a woman sacrificially. And so there's an anointing over your life to cover your woman in brokenness that we often don't, we just don't hear about it. Yeah. We just don't hear about it at all. And so what I just saw in the spirit realm is that women are listening to this right now and they go and now they've 
up the ante and the, the ante and what they desire now. Yeah. They're going, no, I need a man that's going to cover me. I know I, I, I released a video um, the other day and I named everything about what we hear, you know, women, you're too this, you're too loud, you're too this, all this type yeah. of stuff. And then at the end of the video, I said, but you're perfect. You're just perfect for me. Right. And so, um, and I didn't realize that that would resonate with a lot of women like that. Uh, and they were commenting, they were like, oh my God, that's all I've, I've always been told I was too loud. I'm too tall, I'm too skinny, I'm too this. You know, women are always, you know, pivoting and trying to adjust this and right. you know uh i'm a my hair too short so now i'm gonna do this my hair too long now this is the fad this is the, there are there are a lot of women are always shifting and changing you know mm, um but every time she begins to speak about you i already knew that there was some father wounds there because the minute that she began to speak about the love that you have for her her mind slips back into what wasn't provided for her. <laughs> and, and, and so I see that. And so I was just, that's why I said, I want to go cause the infidelity part, that's, that's, that's just broken. This manifested. Right. Uh, and we're going to get in that because I want people to understand when you're not healed from certain things, I, you think you're above reproach. You may think that, Oh, I would never cheat on my husband. Don't deal with yeah. that brokenness. Right. Don't deal with that brokenness right now. You're going to get married yeah. and you're going to be vulnerable because you are susceptible to whatever it is. Exactly. You know, it may not even be infidelity. You may end up be cheating financially yeah. and hiding money on the side. And women have this ideology where they're like, I ain't gonna let my husband know all my money. I'm gonna keep a little stash in yes. case it don't work out. Well, that's yes. financial infidelity. Exactly. You know, so it's it, it may not show up and you just sleeping with somebody else, but you may end up having uh, uh, an intimate relationship with somebody emotionally. You never slept with them at all, but you having these conversations. Okay, I'm home, baby. Uh, well, I'm about to pull up at my house or whatever, but I'll talk yeah. to you later. Exactly. Yeah. And I ain't never slept with them, but you have this whole emotional affair. This man knows everything about yeah. you and your husband, the things that are going wrong in your relationship. That's a violation. Exactly. So, so we're we going to talk about that, but I'm, I'm, I'm seeing something that's so powerful in what uh, y'all represent right now. Um, so, father wounds that you dealt with um is your father still alive yes so you want to still be protective over that right um i mean yeah but i mean i'm not opposed to speaking about it i mean so when so when you talk about that what are you referencing um so my dad is he's not my mom has always been like the provider of our family um my dad put a lot of trauma in in to my brother and I. Um, just being the fact that he represents like you know the the head of the house and all the yelling and screaming and like getting in our faces and spitting and you know things like that um, really traumatized me. So the fact that when he would speak to me, I have never cried about this. <laughs> like this like never never but for some reason i believe the holy spirit is moving yep um but whenever he would speak to me it was so gentle he's always calling me beautiful even today uh even after the infidelity you know he was calling me beautiful um he was opening my door i didn't deserve that but he did. My dad never opened the door for me. Um, 
he he did things for me that I I I never I, I mean I would see my dad do certain things like with my mom but then it would come to a stop so he was never consistent um with like a lot of the nice gestures or affirmations or anything like that um he was just never consistent with it and then he would turn around and he would start yelling and screaming they'd argue he's prideful all of this stuff that I absolutely hated um so like I said seeing him was it was completely different even after the infidelity he just was amazing Keith yes so dad told you certain things to look for in the wife mm -hmm. you saw that no raven over here and how did you propose to her <laughs> all right so this is where i know like is it definitely wasn't romantic at all no it wasn't <laughs> it was more so one of those things um you know it wasn't uh, like baby boy where tyree said i love you you probably gonna be my wife it wasn't it wasn't like that was it? <laughs> no no it wasn't that bad but it definitely wasn't good either so it was, like <laughs> it was good it was just not like it wasn't the typical like down on the knee type thing. It was it was one of those things where uh, one day we was we was together for our Bible study and um, I had been praying about it like just like God is this my wife? Like I know the prayer that I told you, but like is is she the one? And I felt just like confirmation in my heart, just like this is this is the one for you. And so I told her I was like you know I I've been praying on it and this is the prayer that I said when I got out the last relationship. And, you know, I, I feel like God has given me that confirmation in my heart and in my spirit that, that you are the one. So, like, would you want to go down to the courthouse and get married? So, <laughs> and so that was that was how, how that went. And what she said, yeah, you said, yeah. Yeah, it was confirmation for me, too, because I was just, thinking the same thing. And y'all just went. How long did y'all wait to just go down there to the courthouse? We it probably took us about a month to do it and more so because we wanted to talk to our families. I was about to ask yeah. you, did you at least go ask a dad for his blessing? Or, or? I yeah. actually did talk to them, okay. talk to their parents prior to, yeah. So Yeah, that and that is what really kind of led to a lot of like discord between us yeah. because um, you know, my family was very accepting of it mm -hmm. because my parents got married really fast. Right. Uh, um, so they were just like, Yeah, like go ahead. Exactly. Um, but then my parents were were different. Too young. Y'all too young for this. Uh more so it wasn't even the age. It was um like on my dad's side and um even what my mom would say as well was that we want y'all to be financially stable. Oh, we so it's about the money. Yeah, because they they dealt with um, you know, their relationship being long term before they had got mm -hmm. together and they dealt with a lot of financial struggles yeah. before and <clears throat> after. And so they really didn't want us to go through the same things. But the way that that message was conveyed and the way that everything had transpired just really caused a rift first and foremost between them and Raven. And also it, it later bled in between us because, mm -hmm. you know, I think uh, as we grow up around people, it's very easy for us to be like, oh, that's just them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's quick that we forget like, okay, I, I can brush off like that because I live with it. <laughs> yeah. She's new to the situation. Yeah. It's not going to feel the same way and right. as easily brushed off. So I wasn't, um, I didn't give her that protection that she needed throughout that process. And that was where, like, I saw one of my first faults, not during that time, but as everything transpired right, and yeah, really being able out. to, like, look at things and, and reflect back, 
like I, my dad always told me, like it takes two people, whether it be good or whether it be bad. So you got to recognize your part and stuff. Yeah. Good. And so when I look back and recognize my part, I always prayed for God to send me the right wife, but I never prayed for him to prepare me as the right husband. And it was so many gaps that I had that that situation actually did open my eyes to allow me to see that. What's your dad's name? Keith. I'm a, I'm a junior. Mm-hmm. Keith Senior, shout out to you, brother. <laughs> shout out to you for raising the king. And and because oftentimes uh, we always hear like men just babying their boys and letting them just get away with murder or whatnot. But he said, no, if, if, if something's going wrong, you have fault too. So yeah. it takes two of y'all. And yeah. if something ain't right, y'all too get together and work it out and fix it. So I I love that. I I love it when people just, and the fact that he actually told you what to look for. My dad never told me what to look for in a a woman. I never had one conversation with my dad about dating, relationships, sex, just nothing. Just, I'm just out here just figuring it out on my own. You know what I'm saying? So I'm glad uh, that you had a father that was at least laying the foundation uh, for you. So that's, absolutely amazing so i definitely want to shout out shout out old keith senior for uh being the king that he is um and so you realize that you left her uncovered in that situation and what i heard you echoing and chiming in how did that how did that make you feel though raven oh my gosh um so rejected i like because i had already grew up with a lot of rejection i'm not trying to like pointed back to childhood, but this has always been, it's still something that God is bringing me out of even today. Why would somebody say, you don't got to make an excuse. So, Everything therapists say, all that stuff traces back to childhood. So okay. that's just what it is. Well, <laughs> that's what it was. It was rejection. Um, I dealt with a lot of rejection, especially from my own dad. So being that him, like he's not listening to me, he's not, you know, they're saying that it's financially, but is it really, you know, I'm getting a lot of nasty attitudes from like, his, you know, his mom and, and things like that, his family. So for me, it wasn't, it wasn't that. And it was hard for me to accept that it was um, until after literally like years later, but it, 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 it was horrible because once we did go ahead and we decided to just move forward with the wedding or getting married because we got married at a little like chapel. chapel yeah. They never showed up. And I think that hurt me more than it hurt him because he knew how they were. And, you know, he's just like, like he said, like, you know, that's just how they are. You know, I understand that it's a financial issue, but for me, it's like, you're gaining a new daughter. Yeah, I'm you know, expecting. That, 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 have, that, that have to have hurt you. Yeah, it definitely did. Um, Like, you know, for me, I didn't really – I didn't show emotion either, though. Yeah, so, so I couldn't tell if that yeah. did. <laughs> that like, would have to hurt. It's like yeah. your parents don't show up. Yeah, and so, like, you know, for me, it was the only emotions I showed, I was either extremely happy or you're going to say extremely angry. And I didn't have any in between. In between I had yeah. to learn that over time. <laughs> he still so, learned. Yeah, still, exactly. Still learned. Like, I, I'm either hot or cold. And so that's that's something that I really had to, like, deal with. And it was more so I would deal with it behind closed doors. Yeah. Like, I'm... I just never been a person that like to tell my emotions just because of the fact that I don't feel like somebody else should have to deal with what I'm dealing with. Like, let me deal with it. And I'll tell you how I dealt with it later <laughs> on. Like, <laughs> and just take it in that way. But it was just, you know, um, emotional imm- immaturity in a sense to where I I couldn't show that. Or You're 20 years old. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So yeah. that's, that's why I always got to go back to age because we – 
it's some 40 year old men that, that, that can't even articulate their emotions. There's some 40 year old women. There's some 50 year old men and women that can't articulate their emotions, but you're 20 years old. You haven't even developed your frontal lobe. Your frontal lobe is the, is, is the part of your brain that deducts reasoning. You don't even have that yet. That that normally gets uh, developed around 21 to 23. You didn't even have that yet. So you just sitting there like, like okay, and I ain't finna be no punk. I'm still, you know, I'm a man. I'm finna yeah. marry this woman, so I mean, I don't need them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They got me to this point. I'm taking my wife, and I'm a, I'm gonna take her on through uh, to death do we part. So you know, I'm a, mm-hmm. I'm a man. And I guess this is what manhood is supposed to be like. Right. Mm-hmm. And see, as men, we're so trained improperly on what manhood should look like, and it's always like in the the worst circumstances, like. Right. If you hurt yourself, your arm hanging off, don't cry. You're, you're a man. Exactly. Like, my yeah. arm is hanging off. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I see the tendons. Like, exactly. you know, yeah. don't cry. It's, ne- it's never in situations where it's healthy to be able to say, you know, a man is, you know, love your wife. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, cover her, pray for her, talk to her in a gentle voice. Mm-hmm. You know, I grew up in a household that was very loud. We loud. Mm-hmm. I talk loud to this very day. But if I, uh, I remember that, um, began to be an issue when I began to date a woman who never grew up in that household. So uh, I may be talking to her and she's like, you're hollering at me. I said, girl, I'm not hollering at you. (laughs) 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 You just, oh my God, you screamed at me. (laughs) Oh God, okay. So you want me to talk like this? Now you're being funny. I I don't know how to talk to you. So it's it's, it's a a way people are raised or whatnot. My family, we just talk loud. We ain't hollering at each other. We just talk loud. And so the beautiful thing about it is that now here it is, this, this man that covered her so well to this point now is she you're not emotionally available for her and her breaking point where she's sitting there going god yo your family like your mom and dad like a woman loves to get that validation from Mm -hmm. that man's mom yeah you know and that's the ultimate ultimate rejection is by that mom sitting there like no yeah and she's like Mm -hmm. i'm not good enough for your son Right. That's what you're basically saying. Right. Not, we're just, just not good enough. Um, did y'all ever patch that up? Did mom and dad ever come around and be like, hey, listen, we were we were a little foul in that situation and we wish we would have made a, a better decision? Um, as far as like speaking on that specific situation, no. As But as far as like the relationship and them developing a relationship, like her and my mom have a, a amazing Today relationship Today we now. are. Y'all tight. Yeah. I wouldn't trade her for. Y'all thick as thieves now. Yeah. <laughs> I love that woman. And and I told I told her before, I was like, you know, I I honestly feel like you and my mom handle things so similarly that y'all butt heads. Yeah. Because even at certain points in times of me growing up with my dad, we handled things so similarly that it would annoy him that I would do stuff the same way he would. <laughs> the same way he would. And so it's like, okay, like that's it's basically the same thing that 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 y'all are dealing with. That's and good. when they were finally able to come together and have those moments of like really talking and communicating. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's beautiful to see now because like at that time I would never have imagined that it is you know what it is now. How many years did it take to turn that thing around? It was a long time. Uh, honestly, <laughs> after his dad passed, yeah, it really um, things started changing. Exactly. I was. It was like I was able to be there for her, and then after I had we had lost our son to stillbirth, she was able to be there for me, yeah. and. It was, it, it was like God restored through that those that's those storms. We it was like we regained that 
you know, just the relationship that we should have had. Yeah. And it's today, and now she's about to move in with us. Yeah. <laughs> well, y'all just touched, y'all done talked about so much stuff in that one little statement you just said. <laughs> Lord Jesus. So your father passed away. I'm over here giving him a shout out like he watching this he's right still, now. Oh, yeah, okay, it's cool. Okay. So, because yeah, I got to honor that king. Um, how long ago was that? Uh, that was 17. November 12th of 2017. 2017. Yeah, so coming uh, up five years now. So, what did that do to you to lose your father? Uh, it, it broke me, like, because, um, like I said, growing up, we would have our little riffs, but as I became a man, like, he was the person I would look to for those uh, situations of navigating. And so, um, just like shortly before he had passed, I gave him a call just because I was dealing with some frustrations and stuff. And um, I was I was struggling trying to navigate of being a husband and feeling like it was so much blame and stuff like that. And I just remember he was always that person that would, he would, wouldn't be stern, he would be to the point, but knew how to be gentle to where it was like, okay, I'm not breaking you, but I'm building you up. Mm. And so, like after he passed, I I just felt I felt lost for a long time. Um, fell into, um, I guess you could say depression. I don't want to say it was definitely that because I never got medically, you know. You know what it was, that, but yeah, it was. Definitely. I don't need no doctor tell me I'm depressed if I'm depressed. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I know what depression feel like. It, it, right. I ain't like myself no more. <laughs> I was just um I got to like some like my lowest points in health and everything like that and it was just after a while I said okay I gotta I gotta dig myself out of this and you know will allow God to uplift me out of this and she was praying for me the whole way through um so yeah that was it was difficult that was probably one of the toughest things so sure. five years ago y'all were like in year four of y'all marriage uh yeah mm -hmm. yep. yeah Year four of y'all's marriage. All right, so we're going to back up. Now we done great, laid the great foundation of why you love her, why she loves you, how this relationship were, was God-ordained. Uh, I can definitely see it. Um, but then infidelity reared its ugly head into y'all's marriage. Mm -hmm. um, how did that happen, Raven? So he was in... California yep. for school and um, we had a horrible argument I, we honestly every time we argued it was always about his mom or his family and um, because of something that I saw or how I felt you know I didn't necessarily know how to uh, express to him to the point to where he could understand exactly how I felt um, so one night there was an argument about a situation and that changed everything. Um, I had immediately just checked out. I was just done. I didn't even care if we were married, if we were together anymore. Um, Cause it, it, it just felt like it was just never going to stop. Like it, it was like, will you please just get it? But I decided, you know, that's fine. I, I went back to Vegas um, and I had just had a, a job. I just got a new job and it was this guy. He appeared as a friend, you know, he would listen. He would, you know, make me laugh. And it was everything that I wasn't getting at that time. And sure enough, it led to infidelity. 
And then how long did it take for him to find knowledge about it? Oh, no, that it was immediate. Yeah. Because it, it was convicting. Like, I, I literally got, I was convicted. Like, I was like, I cannot hold that. Like, I called him immediately. And we were, yeah, we were both in tears. Like, I. So you called him immediately. I want to put a reference around it. Immediately, like what? The next day? No, like that day. That night. So you 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 slept with this guy and then you called your husband up and told him. Yeah. That's powerful. Yeah. Now I understand why he why why he stayed. I'm a, oh, this is so good. <laughs> this is so good. <sighs> if we can all understand that when we make mistakes, how we go about repairing it can get to the healing a whole lot faster mm -hmm. than creating more problems and more problems. Now I got to deal with the fact you cheated. Then I got to deal with the fact you lied to me for six months to mm -hmm. a year because mm -hmm. this person you keep talking about, oh, it's just my coworker. It's just a coworker. Now you got me out here looking crazy for a whole six months to a year going to company picnics. Mm -hmm. And this is a dude you've been sleeping with the whole time and continue to sleep with him. It's a whole lot. It is different when the guilt and the conviction comes in quick and I can say, listen, I'm uncovering myself. Here it is. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. I understand King. So what, how did you feel hearing that Keith? So like when she first called and told me, I'm like, Oh, she joking. Yeah, he, thought like, it was joke. he didn't think. It and was. so like, um, you know, especially like mentally where I was at, at that time, like I was like, no, nah, this ain't this ain't piling on on top of this. So what you mean? Because that that wasn't when you were going through depression. Your father was still alive during mm -hmm. that time, wasn't he? He was still alive. Um, around that time, I, like I said, I was playing college ball. I was at a junior college. Had some scholarship offers that was on the table. It was actually going to set us right up in Atlanta where we was planning to go. And um, I was in a point of just like pride in my life in a sense. I feel like God had to humble me, and so I tore my MCL and my meniscus a week before our, our rivalry game. And all scholarships got dropped instantly. Mm, mm, and mm, so, mm. like, I'm, I remember I was in my room on, on my crutches. Like, man, I think I was, I was talking to my roommates in the living room. And I got the call. I was like, I'll, I'll be right back. So I went back in the room. I was talking to her. And then she was telling me, I'm like, nah, this is a joke. This, this ain't happening right now. <laughs> and then when, when I started to, like, hear her crying on the phone, I'm like, yo, she's serious. And so it it was at that point I was kind of like a ball of emotion. I was angry at one second, yeah, but better. then I was hurt. Yeah, and I was confused, and I was like still in disbelief of like, nah, this she just playing. She's an acting major. She she playing this <laughs> <whole."> <laughs> so This can't be real. I know right. she ain't telling me this exactly. And so like that was that was where my emotions were with it. Um, yeah, and how did y'all bounce? No, let me ask you that. So after it came, the reality hit mm -hmm. that this is real. How did you internalize that? Um, I kind of like went to like the angry Keith. Like, wasn't really uh, I didn't really talk to a lot of people. I was very snappy with a lot of people, even with her um, during those times. Because um, I think when, when people see that, okay, our testimony he forgave, it wasn't instant. Nah, nah, I was. You know, I went through a, a different. I really became like a different person for a while. Yeah, yeah. everything as far as like the gentle speaking Keith and stuff yeah. like that. He actually turned into my dad. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And so mm. that was that was gone for a long time. Um, and then, you know, I finally had 
came around after time after a long time of prayer. Put time. I want. We. I need um, no reference. People going through some stuff right yeah. now, and some of them feel like they ain't never making it out. Some people saying, "Get over it. I cheated on you yesterday. Get over it." <laughs> You'd be like, "What? You know, it was six months ago. It was four months ago. It was a, that was a year ago. Why yeah. you keep bringing this up? So put reference around it. How long did it take for you to turn your heart around and say? You know what? I'm staying here and I love you and we finna work this out. Right. So as far as like deciding that I was gonna for sure stay, I think I wanna say that took maybe three, four months before I really had decided, okay, we're like I'm gonna stay, we're gonna stick this out. Um for a while we were kind of just like back and forth with each other and then um I was still in California, she was in Vegas, so mm-hmm. we just made sure, okay, like we tried to keep our phone calls cordial and when I would come home or whatever for breaks and you know, we may, um, you know, see each other, hang out and stuff like that. And I mean, we were living together as well. Um, but it was about three and a half, four months, especially once I got back home, I was, I was at church like every Sunday, just trying to figure out something like how we was going to work through it. And then we finally had got to that point as far as, um, getting to the point to where I would not bring it up. Now that was a long time. Oh that yeah, was, that was years. That was just yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and that's where um, that's where some of those conversations would come up. Where it was like, okay, if you said you're gonna forgive me, when are you going to? Because you're still bringing this up. We have an argument about who left the dishes out. <laughs> Tell me, you old cheater, you old yeah. cheater. I don't know what's wrong with you. Exactly. And so it was. Um, that was just something that took some time. Years. Yeah. yeah, and even where we had. Um, I think fully healed and really got to our best point in our marriage was about like maybe three and a half years um, later. Mm -hmm. Like it's not, it's a slow process. And like, I think people do think it's quick just because you hear the testimony now. It's new to you. It's not new to us. (laughs) For real. So (laughs) exactly. And so that was, that was years of work. So a man, how did that feel to you from an ego standpoint? So from an ego, st- oh, man. Oh. <laughs> I'll be asking questions on it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna talk this thing. <laughs> so from an ego standpoint, like it was a hit because as a man, I think we think of things so physical yep. that right away it was it was inadequacy. Yeah. Like okay, like what am I not enough like for her? Like yeah. And you know I'm not thinking emotional. I'm not thinking anything else. I'm thinking like okay, this got to be all physical. Why she did this? Because in most cases, yeah, that's what that's what know, men do exactly. And um so. It took that hit then, and then at the same time, it was like I felt like somebody had a leg up on me. Like, yep. like it was a game that somebody else was playing. Like, I ah, see, I got you. Yeah. Like the the ring that they saw on her finger was a challenge. There it just was. to say like, oh, I, I could I could take anybody I want. Yep. And so for me, like that was that I, like I would be ready to snap just at the thought of it. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying like, to tell you. If I get my hands on dude, like I got it, <laughs> I gotta go at it. So. <laughs> and so that was that was kind of like where my mindset was, and that was where it took my ego to it, tore it down, and um, I don't know, it just had it in a difficult spot to really like rebuild. Did your ego lead you to say I'm finna get even? No. And did you get even? No. And the the reason for that being is um, one thing I love about my family, I had a lot of older gentlemen in there that would tell me about the past of my family, and so. Mm. When <laughs> when I think back, like I, I'm a, I reference my dad a lot because he was a great person that I had as an example. And hearing about my family's past from my grandfathers on each side, there was a lineage of promiscuity from the men. 
and stepping out on the marriage and stuff like that. And, I, and my dad was a generational like curse mm. breaker. Like I can definitely say that from that side of it because I saw him be loyal to my mom. I, I I saw the way he loved my mom. And once again, like I saw even when they went through their disagreements, I saw how he still had reconciled with her. And so seeing that, I'm like, that's not an option for me because I know what our family line is like. And I don't have kids right now. But one day I got to be that example. Keith, Keith Jr. Did you say that you're looking, you're making decisions today? Holy Spirit, help me right now. You're making decisions today based on your lineage in the future. Yes. Because at the end of the day, I, I, I see how it affected. I see how what my grandfathers did affected so many of my uncles that were not my great uncles, but even just like my uncles that were brothers and sisters, brothers to my to my mom and to my dad. And I saw the lifestyle that they lived and the the broken you know, hearts that they had, even within the children that they had from different women. And I said, I don't want that. I never wanted that. Hmm. <sighs> when I tell you, Keith, I said I saw some stuff early on in this episode about you, bro. You ain't scratched the surface on how God going to use you. You have Come no away. idea, bro. You have no idea. Have no idea. I tell him all the time. He, he, Keith don't know. Let me tell you something. I'm a backup because y'all touched on something that directly relates to lineage. Y'all experience a stillbirth. Mm-hmm. Around what time was that? 2020. September 28th of 2020. Two years ago. I had Felicia and Kariga on my podcast, and it's the first time I ever had a, the opportunity and the privilege to talk to a couple that had experienced uh, the loss of a child. I saw them on Black Love, and it mm-hmm. wrecked me. I was in my office watching that episode and I was just pacing around in my office just crying. I'm talking about crying like they were my best friends, crying hard. And as God saw fit, they brought them on the podcast. That's my family now. I love them. But y'all experienced that two years ago. Mm-hmm. You already had lost your father by that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, trust was lost in your relationship early on and now y'all at this repairing stage and y'all get pregnant y'all lose what is it a girl or a little boy y'all lost a young king walk us through that what was that experience like raven Mm, uh, that was the the worst um Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you visit Arizona... 
Time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. That was the worst time of my life. But this is where I get excited because that's when everything changed for us. Like, everything changed. Even though he didn't get to live, we found purpose. Like, it was literally like, like purpose after that, like every, everything changed, everything changed, but it was one of the worst experiences, um, of my life, especially being that we had two little boys before him. Yeah. They were excited for him to come. And he looked just like them. Keith, mm-hmm. as a man, has to hold your uh, the word husband. The etymology means householder. A husband is one who bands his house together. Uh-huh. How were you able to attempt to band your house together when you were broken as well? I just, at that time, I just, I knew how much she was dealing with that because um, when we think about like generational things, that also happened with an older brother of hers. Wow. And, and so then my grandmother. Yeah. My, my mom's mom had, and then my dad's mom had wow. stillbirths. So it was by way of disobedience. Um, it was generational. I yeah. I believe that it was by, I never like um, beat myself up for that. Um, but God revealed it to me in such in the most gentle way that it was a generational curse. Um, and we are, we are breaking that. Yeah. We are, so, we're determined that our kids never have to deal with it. Never have to deal with that. And that is why I will testify of every single thing that God has ever done for me. I will continue to speak. Continue. Because you have no idea. No idea what we're doing. For our children. 
and our children's children, they'll never have to experience any of that ever, ever. So I will be obedient to the Lord always. Ooh, Lord Jesus, heart well. Yeah, I got my heart well within <laughs> my soul. Well within my soul. So you said, Keith, that when did you deal with and have you dealt with the loss of your son? To be honest with you, I don't think I fully dealt with it until a year later. And the only reason why I realized I hadn't dealt with it, so like when we had to go through the burial and everything, you know, um, I remember my mom and her parents had came out. My sister had came out. They were all there for us emotionally. All of our family, I should yeah. say. They were all there for us emotionally. And I remember just like that day of burying him. Um, I couldn't, no emotions really came up. And I remember my mom just like, my mom, my mother-in-law, everybody was just like, you know, if, if you need to let it out, yeah. let it out. And I didn't because... I wanted to be strong for everybody else. And uh, at the same time, I recognized how much it, um, even our oldest, he was of age to kind of recognize what's going on. Mm -hmm. So um, that part was tough to deal with. So I think for a long time, I kind of masked it. And uh, what made it difficult was, so September 27th is my birthday. Mm, 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 mm. Day after his birthday. And um, for my job, I have to travel for work. So I was in uh, Lancaster, California, kind of just like by myself. And so I remember I was at work that day. It was a Monday. Got a call. And uh, she was telling me, like, you know, he's not moving. Like, I ate something. He's not moving. And so I'm just thinking, okay, like, we've had two kids before. They've had points where they just weren't moving. I said, just give it time. It is what it is. And so uh, as the day went on, still wasn't moving. She went to the hospital. And they ended up having to transport her to a different hospital. And I think she was there pretty much all day, almost I into the early up. next morning before somebody finally told her, like, you know, we lost them. And I just remember being in the hotel room just uh, by myself. And I wanted to be there with her so bad. But, um, you know, I had to wait until I was able to catch a flight. And I just... I remember breaking down in the hotel room that night. But um, other than that, I told myself, okay, you got to get up and be there for her because you know what her family has dealt with. And so she's going to feel this. And so I wanted to be that for her. And uh, fast forward to a year later, it was September 1st that came up. And I just had a panic attack in my hotel room. I was back out in Lancaster. I was literally, so the hotel room that I was staying in when when we got word that he had passed was literally right across the hall from where they had re-roomed me again. What are the odds of that happening? Right. <laughs> and uh, I remember that day I was just trying to trying to keep busy and just like iron and whatnot. And out of nowhere, I just broke down. And I called her up. She said, you know what? Just drive to Vegas, spend the weekend with your mom, your sister. And I just took that time to kind of just kind of empty myself out and just give everything over to God. And in all honesty, that anxiety had went until until my birthday. Because I just, I felt like, okay, that happened the day after my birthday. Something is going to happen again. Mm. But, you know, um, making it through the month of September last year was like toughest thing. Yeah. Once I made it through that, I felt like, okay, 
you know, a guy like I, I'm, I can trust, I can trust the fact that you are protecting us, that you watching over us, that it's not going to happen again. I don't have to worry about bearing another child again, and I'm not going to worry about it. So, so y'all want more kids? Uh, I got my second. Yeah, um, we're done. <laughs> um, as far as naturally, that's that we're done. We we have always talked about adopting. We feel like it's a lot of kids that deserve, yeah. you know, a home that, you know, we want to do that eventually one day. But um, you know, that's close to my heart, right? No, I didn't know that. Oh yeah, I adopted two kids. Really? Oh, wow. I adopted my nephew uh, about seven eight years ago, and then I adopted this uh, my son Armani. Never met him a day in my life. Was out doing a, a Wednesday's child outing, taking him to be the homeless. And God spoke to me right then and said, that's your son. And yeah. a year later, I adopted him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just that's graduated amazing. high school, man. So when y'all, and I'm opening up a, a, a boy's home called Kingdom Royale. So when y'all start <laughs> talking about adopting, y'all I'm like, y'all shoot. Yeah. Y'all, 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 hey, I'm an uncle now. Yeah. So at the end of the day, yo, 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 whoever y'all adopt, it's like, hey, y'all go holler at your uncle. Yeah. The tears down there in Dallas, because yeah. I'm telling you, boy, I'm team. I'm team. Anybody that's a fostering or adopting, it's 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 such a a selfless act that you do it out of selflessness, but it mm-hmm. serves you so well because it shows the level of your heart capacity to love yeah. some, someone that didn't even come from your own loin, someone that didn't even come from your own womb, that God's love. Cause that's, that's where we as Christians are. We've been adopted yes. into the faith. Uh, so yeah, don't get me talking about that, but um, gosh, when I say I love y'all story, I love the fact that everything points back to God, everything, the most, treacherous thing the most painful thing the most at a time when you can get angry and go god why hast thou forsaken me y'all say i'm gonna break this generational curse that's absolutely amazing to me but let's ask were those moments were there moments where you were angry with god Mm -hmm. oh yeah yeah and how did y'all process that as in, in regards to losing um, Kyler, our yeah. son, I did not have any anger towards God. I really didn't. I, I, I questioned, Lord, why? And he did reveal. Um, but during the infidelity, yeah, I did have anger. I had anger towards God. Um, but other than that, like. So you had anger, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. You had anger and you're the one that cheated. Why were you angry? Because, like a lot of people think today, well, God, if you're with me, why did you let me do that? Yep. That's that was not that <laughs> was not the mature way to think. You talking about I had nothing to do with that? Was you? That's all you right there. <laughs> I mean, but it was it was I wasn't mature enough to even right understand under, or. I, I I didn't understand that. Okay, we make our own choices. Yeah, you know, God is going to allow you to. He's He's not forcing anything on you. Just like even with Adam and Eve, you know, yeah. He didn't. He told them what not to do, and He trusted them. Yeah. You know, so I had to I had to learn that, and I, you know, so so with my son, with our son. I did not even waste time. The Bible says it says that 
fools blame God. Like you literally blame God for things. And so that hit me like, mm. okay, God, you're always good. Yeah. And not only that, everything that has happened is going to work out for my good, even though I was disobedient, even though I may have stepped out of your covering, you were still covering me. I, I you were still good to me. I, I can't, I can't blame you for this. Cause I know that you said that you are the giver of life. You, you don't take it. Mm. So I, I can't, I can't be upset with you. And not only that, it was the, the fact where I was questioning my life again, like taking my own life, he stepped in and gave me only the word of God can come in and snatch grief away. Mm. And you hop up and, and you're just excited about life again. Mm. Only he can do that. I had an encounter with him. Mm. It wasn't a moment. It wasn't just a word. It was a literal encounter where he promised me in Isaiah 54 that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Yeah, I, I created the blacksmith. I also created the weapon, yeah. but it's not going to prosper <laughs> ever. And not only that, you get ready. I'm about to restore. I'm, I'm literally enlarging your camp right now. Even, at, even though it doesn't look like it, I'm enlarged. That word is what literally picked me up. In a time where nothing, like literally nothing, nothing could. Right, I'm gonna start speaking in tongues on my podcast. <laughs> I, 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 I had to I had to control myself because people ain't people ain't used to seeing that side of me. <laughs> I was about to go in. I said, "The stop, <laughs> boy, the Lord Jesus." <laughs> because unless you've been in the darkness of grief. Mm-hmm. You, people can't relate to what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. But when you know that it was nobody but the, <laughs> when you know it's nobody but the hand of God that snatches you out of that dark place. Yeah. See, people don't know. When I write this movie about what led to this podcast, they'll get more clarity about it. Mm -hmm. But that's why I was about to just run around the studio because I know what that darkness felt like mm -hmm. that I was like, take me now mm -hmm. and God said yeah I'm gonna take you all right but mm -hmm. I'm gonna take you out this situation and restore you and not only will he restore you but he'll give you restoration on the level that it reverberates across the world mm -hmm. and he increased this platform so other people can be healed set free and delivered so I know what you're talking yeah. about Raven yeah. Oh, I know what you're talking about, Raven. I see who you are, King. Mm -hmm. I see the fact that you had to love on a capacity that you didn't even know you had the faith on the level to where I'm going to put my trust in you and I'm going to keep putting my trust in you. And it's the hardest thing. The reason why people walk away from marriages is because they don't believe it'll get any better. Yeah. <laughs> they just be like, you know what? I gave it a good old college try. Right. You trifling. I don't want to be with you no more. <laughs> now you're you know talking. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. That's good. I'm good. Thank you, Lord. I served my time in this marriage. I'll never do this again. And uh, I'm gone. But you have the audacity to lean into God and say, yeah, I know about my generation. Uh, I know about the generations uh, and my forefathers and my uncles and the people that I, I want to I wanna go and kill this thing. And let me tell you something that's that, that you could have taken as a huge slap in the face. Your father said, marry somebody that won't dishonor you. Mm -hmm. And you chose Raven because you said she represents everything that I desire and everything my father did to, told me to aspire for in a wife. But then she brought dishonor to you. Mm -hmm. 
How did you reconcile that, King? I mean, because even though um, in that moment she did that, I think there's a big difference between when somebody makes a mistake and when it shows within their character that that's just them all the time. And I think that that just goes from looking and paying attention and really, really um, taking that time to get to know somebody. And I, that's why I'm I'm extremely happy that we did have that point of celibacy before our relationship and really have built our relationship off of getting to know each other and not being masked mm-hmm. by sex or anything like that, because I I knew her and I was able to then reflect on the situation and, and say, OK, what brought about this? What what also what did she feel on her side? What did I leave as a gap for the enemy to be able to come in to make her feel like she was going to be able to get that from somebody else? And is this rebuildable? And I just feel like with any with with God, anything is possible. And people always try and bring up the scripture that, you know, with, um, you know, speaking on infidelity, that you can leave a marriage. There's a difference between can and shall. God gave us the option. And if I choose the option to stay at that point, I got to trust God to help me rebuild this. I'm not putting it together brick by brick with just my hands. God is doing it with me. And if. That's who I got to trust. It's literally the book of Hosea, like, literally. And we never, I had never read that story until after that happened. So I ain't going to give y'all the cliff notes to that story, y'all that's watching. Go read it. Go read the book of Hosea and read about Gomer. Read about what happened in that situation, who God told him to marry and why he told him to marry that type of woman. And that's why I say that it makes all the sense in the world when God began to speak to me early on in this episode about you. And I just started getting, I just started seeing you like, I was like, well, hold on, I, I'm supposed to stay present in this thing, but why are you showing me all this stuff with this dude? Uh, yeah, you haven't scratched the surface. You haven't scratched the surface. Gosh, you ain't scratched the surface. Man, it's, it's oh, Jesus. Anyway. Rihanna has stood up, letting me know we passed the hour mark. Uh, but let me tell you something, man. I honor y'all. I honor y'all because, gosh, y'all the remnant. It's the remnant that God is going to use to continue to, to shed light and heal broken marriages and show people what it looks like on the other side of it. If y'all knew how many DMs I get from women whose husbands been cheating on him on them or or women who husbands have just gone cold they like i'm gone i'm done they done moved out got a whole girlfriend right now or men who've walked in and saw their wives with another man in the bed and and they're like i'm talking them off the ledge like you know and i'm like hey listen i don't even know what to say to them all the time Mm -hmm. but just the fact that I care enough to just let them talk mm-hmm. is giving them another day to live mm-hmm. and another day to live. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a lot. It's a lot of hurting people out here. It's a lot of people that feel like they're suffering alone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, y'all can't even imagine what y'all just did spiritually by being on this episode and showing up transparent, being lit, living intensely and transparently. And um, y'all get it. Y'all understand the assignment. You know, y'all get it. And y'all are so young. So when I look at y'all and I'm like, y'all 29 years old and y'all get it at this young age, do y'all realize what y'all gonna be like when you get 44? I'm 44 years old. I'm an old head. 
<laughs> I always want to say that. I'm an old head. I'm an elder to y'all. <laughs> Do you realize how y'all going to be when y'all get my age? Stay together. Yeah. Love each other through it. He said a whole lot of stuff in this episode that you, you finna get you some some good loving later <laughs> on tonight. I just felt that in the spirit. Amen. <laughs> felt it in the spirit. Felt it in my shanana. Because she oh was looking God. at you. You were saying some stuff to us. She was looking at you like, boy, you know you finna get it later on. <laughs> she was looking at you, boy. So, so, so that is so beautiful that y'all are able to thrive. Uh, isn't it interesting? Because y'all know y'all supposed to be on here last month, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what happened in August? I caught COVID. And then what month y'all in here? September. September. Mm. Mm-hmm. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Isn't that interesting? Uh, God's time is always right. It is. He's so good. <laughs> when I just think about how God tries to just upset the trajectory of everything evil in our lives. And he shows us like, yeah, 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 you know I'm looking out for y'all. You know, you know I got you. You know the steps of the righteous are ordered. They're still ordered. Y'all still are serving uh, my purpose. I just love it. I just love it because when it happened, I was like, all right, well, fine. It is what it is. Because I was trying to get a lot of episodes shot up front so that I can take September off because I'm launching this course October the 1st, uh, the Lit Society. And I said, I want to focus this month on that. And so when that happened, I was like, man. I don't be wanting to try to do it. And, and then I'm doing this whole live podcast at this church tomorrow. So I definitely didn't want to be doing this the day before. And God said, boy, be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> sit down and talk. Like, let me, let me do what I'm going to do. Yeah. And so I, I've learned to just sit back and be like, all right, God, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. So it's, gosh, it's so beautiful. I love who y'all are. I want to stay connected with y'all. Um, y'all are an amazing individuals. And I want to close this out with um, first Raven. I want you to look to that camera. Now this camera, a lot of people were hating on you. They were hating on you because you were sharing your testimony. They were saying mean and evil stuff. Like how could you be out here sharing your testimony? Got your husband out here looking crazy. You know what I'm saying? And I, I want to mention this, Keith, Who's the one that told her to start being open about y'all testimony? I was. I was the one that, yeah, I, I took it to her first, and, and she was actually, you know, she didn't want to do it. She said, I, I need God to confirm this. And he did. <laughs> Why did you want her doing that? Um, I always believe that if in Proverbs it says a wise man will learn from others' mistakes and a fool will learn from his own, how can we give people the opportunity to be wise if we don't talk about the mistakes that we made? There you go. If you if I get in the salt case, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to because I'm gonna hurt you, boy. I swear to God, I'm gonna hurt you. Raven, before I get a salt case, look at that camera. Cause I'm gonna have your your, your, your king talk to the camera as well. Okay. But Raven, I want you to talk to that camera queen. And whatever comes out of your heart, say it. I ain't gonna put framework around it. I will just say that, you know, God is so good. And he he covers me. He covers us. Our marriage belongs to him. And not only that, it really is a, I, I brag on him. He's the, te- he, we are literally a testimony of his glory and power. And, and not only that, he, he, he literally covers us. We're in covenant with him. I would just say, God bless any, anyone who, you know, 
tries to curse us, come against us, because you're not coming against us. You're really coming against him. Um, you will reap what you sow. That is because we are in covenant with him. That's the word. Um, he said it says that he allowed no one to oppress them. Touch not my anointed, do my prophets no harm. He allowed no one to oppress them. We're not oppressed, and we're going to continue to speak the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm. Thank you, Queen. Oh, King Keith. I want you to talk to that camera. Those are men. There are men out there that are suffering in silence. They can't mm -hmm. tell people that they woman cheated on them and they still stand. They look like simps. That's mm -hmm. what everybody called me on social media when I posted a video saying that I don't care about a woman's past. That she could have been with 25, 35 men. That don't, that don't bother me. I know how to cultivate that woman. Right. Well, I'm Homer Simpson to some <laughs> of that red pill community. They called me Homer. I, I was reading those comments. I was like, this is so funny. I love yeah. it. Uh, so I want you to talk to those men that, are afraid to share that they still are choosing to stay with their wives, their girlfriends, their significant others. They're, they're staying, but they're wounded. Right. I want you to talk to those Kings. Um, and I want this to be a two part thing. I want you to talk to, talk to the ones that are deciding to stay mm -hmm. uh, through uh, violation, distrust and infidelity. And then I want you to talk to the men who haven't even chosen women yet. And I want you to talk to them about what they need. I want you to share some of the things that your father shared with you about what they should be looking for and how to cover those women. Gotcha. Um, first and foremost, to so the people that are dealing with it, um, you know, found, the foundation for you moving forward is forgiveness. And sometimes it's your spouse. Sometimes it's the other person that was involved. And a lot of times it's still yourself as well that you have to forgive. And when we start to realize those three things need to be forgiven, we can actually move forward and we can deal with the things that need to be dealt with. Because I can I can promise you that if you do not deal with all three of those points of forgiveness, including yourself, all you're going to do is move that into the next relationship yeah. and hurt somebody else because of it. So allow God to tell you what manhood is and not society because people are going to twist things up. People are going to twist you up and have you out here looking like a fool when the word of God has already made the script for you to make it through this life, make it into eternity and make it into the graces of God and for him to lead you. So don't allow yourself to be led by your peers just because they're going to laugh at you, call you a simp. Words are words, but at the end of the day, until they have the job of writing your name down in the book of life, they mm. do not matter. So don't even worry about them. Move forward with whatever God tells you to do. Be prayerful and be intentional about your prayer life and your your um you know just your your fellowship with God. That's where you really have to be. Um, for those of you that have not dealt with and have not even found a woman yet, you know, really try and find somebody that truly speaks to the things that. Not only that you want, but sometimes the things that we need are not what we want. Mm. Sometimes the things that we need are things that we never have realized we're missing within our life. And we run from those things because it's new to us. But sometimes that's the enemy trying to get your flesh to run away from what the healing of the spirit is going to mm. be. So you really need to make sure that you are prayerful about what it is that God, that that you have had gaps within your generational line, within your life, that God can bring that in. And also pray that God makes you into the right husband. Because I know from experience that if you do not pray for yourself to be prepared and only for your wife to be prepared, you might get a gift that you're just not ready to open up because mm. you have not you have not cultivated yourself to a point to where you need to be. <sighs> Beautiful. Raven. I want you to say this because um, a lot of times we don't hear about women cheating, mm -hmm. but I want you to talk to those women 
that, uh, and I'm gonna be honest with you, when I cheated on my wife, I wanted her to cheat back on me mm-hmm. to relieve me of, of like, see, I ain't the only one bad, you bad too. That's mm-hmm. what I wanted. I wanted her so bad to be on my level mm-hmm. and she would never do it. And she said, <clears throat> I thought about cheating on you, but I never wanted to become you. And that hurt me even worse. Mm. I want you to look at that camera and I want you to tell women, women that uh, may be contemplating cheating, they're dealing with infidelity, or if they say, if a man, I don't see how, I don't see how he did that, because if you cheat on me, I'm, I'm, I had a whole conversation with a friend about that yesterday. She's talking about, well, I would go cheat back. And I was like, so now you're going to injure yourself? And she was like, I mean, I said, you going to tell him? She was like, well, now I ain't going to tell him. I'm just, I'm just going to cheat back and he ain't going to never know. I said, so he took the higher role by cheating and actually told you about it, but then you're going to, get even by cheating on him and be deceitful throughout the whole marriage. I said, make that make sense. She said, well, that don't really make sense. I said, exactly, don't make sense. So I want you to look at the camera, talk to women about what the effects of cheating did to you eternally and, and internally and what it did to your marriage. Um, so first of all, what cheating did to my, to me internally, um, literally brought down my self-worth um, and not only that, it's a lot of condemnation that and guilt that literally comes on with it to where you even, you even begin to question life, like, and you, you become this selfish, you can become the selfish person alongside that, but really it's a lot of pain. It's really a lot of hurt, unnecessary hurt that you really don't want to go through but to a lot of things can lead back to you know childhood as well so I want to kind of address people who have um I'm just gonna if you have cheated on your spouse repent and you need to tell your spouse there's no reason to hide it you have like you you owe that to them to tell them to confess um, and and repent from that. It, that healing, it, it's hard to go through, you know, the process, because a lot of times we think, okay, I made my bed and I'll just lay in it. You know, I, I deserve to be here. You don't. Get up, tell your spouse, move forward. That was one of the mistakes Adam and Eve did. Had they could have repented to God, mm. Just imagine what could have happened, but repent and yeah, that would be something that I would say. Listen, thank y'all so much. How can people connect with y'all on social media? What's your social media handles? Um, Raven Thomas Hartwell. And yeah, I'm on a TikTok and Instagram at underscore Hartwell fit. Raven Hartwell on TikTok. Hartwell fit. So you're, 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 you're a trainer or something? Yes, sir. Okay. Look at you. All right, so yeah, yeah. What do y'all y'all have a YouTube channel? What's y'all YouTube channel? Um, y'all really, even still you can, post stuff y'all on still, YouTube? Not, not no, really. not. I just not focus really. on Instagram now, huh? Yeah, and TikTok and TikTok. Yeah. TikTok is the biggest following for for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Instagram is larger for me. So yeah, yeah. So what, how many followers you got on TikTok? Two, two hundred. Something. Isn't that crazy how uh that's two hundred thousand by the way, y'all. Yeah. Uh <laughs> have two hundred, they were like, Yes, that's cute. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a big following for her. Yeah, okay. two hundred and fifty something thousand. <laughs>
And so, um, and it was the video of you sharing your testimony that shot you up like that, huh? Actually, yeah. Isn't yeah. that crazy? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, God said he wanted to use our testimony. He did. He probably, somebody spoke that. He said that. And not only that, my dad actually did. He prophesied to us that God was going to use us as an example. Mm-hmm. But we never took him seriously. Right. <laughs> so. I did want to say this. What did your dad say to you about that? When, Because I know you had to talk to your dad and say, hey, this is what Raven told me. How did he deal with that? What, did he, what, what kind of advice did he give you? Uh, nothing really, because I actually didn't didn't disclose it with him. Mm-hmm. Oh, you didn't? No, no. I, I think that my my parents are not dumb. Like they knew, because it was at certain days. Like I would be staying over at the house with them, and I wouldn't be with Raven. So they, you know, they know how to connect the dots. They've been they've been around the block a few times. <laughs> Something so was like, going on. <laughs> exactly. So they knew, but um, I think they they also know the type of person that I am. That you're going to be, you're going to be quiet and you're going to deal with it internally first. That, and also that I'm, I'm very set in my, in my decision that I make. And so, you know, I think that they, they understood that, okay, just support them through it. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, it's not, it's not our job to tell our feelings on this because this is, this is his marriage and you, we have to respect that. You think they knew about the infidelity? Uh, I don't know if they knew about the infidelity. I know they knew something was going on. Though, okay. But, yeah. So, yeah, so I'm not sure. And that was another great thing for him. Like that after forgiving, I have to say this. He still covered me even after that. Like even with his family, mm-hmm. there was. Yeah. Wasn't nobody going to say nothing bad about her. Covering even during that time. Yeah. yeah that was. So bad. when they saw, so when they find out when the video went viral or something. Or Honestly, when, I don't even think that his mom, like. If she knows, it's probably through like by way of somebody else. Like, oh, Saw you on, on social, social media or something media, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, because like you know, I know uh, some of my family members did hit me up and was like, you know, I'm I'm proud of you, like you're strong, like yes, and things That's like right. that. And okay. so you know, they they might have told her. Um, she's never disclosed that with me. Um, and you know, at the end of the day, I don't think it would really matter to her because it's the relationship that they have now. Yeah. And at the end of the day, she sees the type of type of husband that I am to her and the type of wife that she is to me, and that's all that matters. There's so many gems to take away from this, just how we handle our loved ones' decisions. We ain't got, we not involved in a marriage. Yes. And when the Bible says that uh, a man and a woman shall leave their uh, mom and dad and cleave to one another, mm-hmm. they ain't got no say so about nothing. Mm-hmm. They, they can't put their mouth on it. Yeah. They got, they just got to sit there and be like, what you doing? All right, so, hey, so what are we eating for dinner? Like, exactly. it, like yeah. it's just, it ain't got, can't say nothing. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I love the way that they're handling that. I love it. I love it that her love didn't even change where Raven could feel it, where like we getting close and oh Lord, she done now she's not calling me no. Now she acting funny. I guess Uncle So and so must have told her about mm-hmm. my TikTok video. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's like nothing changed. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's beautiful. So shout out to your mama for for being the queen that she is. Yes. Listen, I've enjoyed talking to y'all. We enjoyed the conversation. Yes. Thank you for Thank having you us. so much. Oh my God. It's an honor. What do y'all feel happened in this episode? I feel like it's gonna be for for people viewing it. I feel like it's gonna be a lot of breakthroughs that come because I think it's a lot of insight that they never thought about and or uh, never felt like they had somebody else to understand where they were coming from. Um, as far as in this room, I feel like it was honestly the Holy Spirit moving with every word because you know 
it, you get to a point where you say certain things and it's like that wasn't me <laughs> so you know that, that had to be the holy spirit because I, I i may speak with some wisdom but I, I ain't always that wise so i'm like oh, okay like he definitely moving so um you know that's what i, I think came throughout this what you think raven and just like a refreshing of like just like love mm. like that's one thing i'm always like praying about now is just like that god just refreshes my love daily and i never lose that because with him it's easy for us wives to be like oh okay he's just like he's just him but if i can get that moment where i can like remember why we fell in love or why or why we rose in love why we you know why we rose in love that that's important no you, you ain't gonna just, just drop that and just gonna act like you didn't say nothing don't you do that to me right because i said that to myself the other day. I said, i'm not gonna fall in love i'm gonna step in love i'm gonna step into love you said why we rose in love explain that maturity that Love, love matures you. You think about like falling in love. You can't fall in love. Helps. It's building. Like when you read about First uh, Corinthians thirteen, love is patient. Love is kind. These are things that build you up. Yep. It's not something that you can fall into. Yeah. It's something that you have to really like. God has to. You're per, like it's gonna purge you. You're yeah. gonna remove all selfish, selfish ways to become selfless, to become patient, to become kind. You know, so that's that's what that's the revelation that I get from that. <laughs> Thank y'all. God bless y'all. Have an amazing God bless life. Because <laughs> I got just end it. Because I I'm, I'm just got to end it just raggedly. Because because uh, <laughs> when I tell you this is blessing my soul, I'll be talking to y'all for another hour. So bye. See y'all. <laughs> y'all take care. God bless you. Ladarian thrusted suddenly into Child Protective Services in 2015. My nephew, black, a boy. The likelihood of being adopted outside of kinship, slim to none. Armani, 16 years old, black, a boy, with five years in the foster care system before I even knew his name. The likelihood of ever being adopted, yep, you guessed it, slim to none. While Ladarian and Armani were trying to survive and barely thrive in an overpopulated and underfunded foster care system, I was living my own life, doing well professionally. Having been a single father with a daughter who at that point was doing well in college, it was my time to live my life, right? Wrong. I felt unsettled, tireless, agitated. There are just too many of our black children stuck in ambiguity and in the limbo of the foster care system. In 2017, I legally adopted my nephew, Ladarian. Fast forward to 2019, I had no ties to this other young king, but I felt God instructed me to adopt him also, and I obeyed. Starting over with parenting should have been enough, right? Working with various foster care and adoption agencies to help bring awareness to the countless young black kings in the foster care system should have decreased my agitation, right? Joining the board of directors of Advantage Adoption, an organization that helps find permanent adoptive homes for children in foster care, should have led to some type of resolve, right? No, not at all. None of it felt like I had done enough. I now realize that every one of those experiences was laying the fundamental foundation for my life's mission, Kingdom Royale. 
Kingdom Royale will be a luxury, state-of-the-art home for foster boys. Our first location will be in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We will utilize the whole person approach that instills identity, empowers them to advocate for themselves, and enlightens them regarding new perspectives and limitless options that they thought were impossible. Though the young kings will attend the local public schools that are in proximity to Kingdom Royale, our at-home curriculum will broaden their worldview through participating in the arts, attending various cultural events, learning about and engaging in multifaceted discussions about current events and even relevant historical contexts, introducing them to gardening and landscaping and even caring for our animals on our farm and on-site stables. We just launched our startup capital campaign with the goal of raising $2.8 million. Now, why $2.8 million? Well, in 2017, I created a web series in which I performed random acts of kindness for targeting the homeless community. One of the most notable successes was that one of the videos went viral, garnering 28 million views. However, one of my biggest regrets is that I didn't raise a single dollar to help in implementing a more sustainable plan for the homeless community. So throughout the years, with much remorse, I reflected on not maximizing that moment. I knew if at that time, just 10% of the viewers donated $1, we would have raised at least $2.8 million that could have really established long-term support for the homeless community, or at least started a long-term initiative to do so. This is my do-over. This is our new beginning. Together, we can attack this at the root by specifically helping our homeless black boys who are already disproportionately represented in the American foster care system. I'm LaTaris R. Whitfield. I've been nominated for three regional Emmys documenting my work with the homeless as well as my personal adoption journey. Despite those accolades, the greatest award for me is truly providing the infrastructure for a transformed life. Visit KingdomRoyale.com for more details. Crown a king and make a donation today. Wasn't this episode absolutely amazing? Man, I love it when God shows up. I love it when God takes a couple and uses their journey, their story to touch the lives of millions of people. Because I see that's exactly what this episode is going to do. It's going to touch the lives of many people uh, to the tune of millions. So uh, I thank God for that. Make sure, man, it's going to be an amazing time. A lot of y'all been wanting to connect with me on a different level. Uh, well, here's your opportunity with the Lit Society. The Lit Society is going to be very, very impactful. We're going to build community. We're going to do life together on another level as we heal and become lit where we're able to live intentionally and transparently. So I'm extremely excited about what God is going to do with that. Make sure that you go to the lit society.com and register. Yeah, it's going to be nice. Here we go. Here's my favorite part of the podcast where I speak to my future wifey, dear future wifey. Imagine the worst thing that could happen in our marriage. Don't leave it bottled up in the secret battleground of your mind. Tell me. If that thing is something under my responsibility and authority, I will store it at the forefront of my mind and with every fiber of my being, safeguard you from that thing becoming our reality. Your heart is my priority. 
your mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual security is my priority. If that fearful thing is outside of my responsibility, I will bombard heaven's gates with prayer and supplication until your fear subsides. Fear simply means false evidence appearing real. Our home will be a home built on faith and not fear. Can't wait to serve you, your future hubby. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Dear Future Wifey podcast. Remember, be lit, live intentionally and transparently, and don't stop loving. Make sure to subscribe to our Dear Future Wifey YouTube channel. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. We welcome your support. Simply share our podcast with your friends and family. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.